What's up, Dojo Nation? Welcome to another episode of A Flavor Odyssey. I'm your host, Robbie Raz, here with our co-host, Randy Griggs. You like had to go out of your way that time. (laughs) And I made you ash on the table and everything. (laughs) We're off to a fantastic start. Yes. Thanks for tuning in. We are here with uh, episode, what letter are we on, L? We are on the letter L. Boy, we are cooking our way through this uh through this alphabet this little alphabet thing yeah yeah we need to start thinking about next season what are we gonna do yeah i feel like we've been talking about that since our first episode but like we're yeah well we still we're about half about halfway yeah we're right maybe i don't know real real close to the halfway mark we're getting there and now the table's a mess because uh, Randy can't jerk. control his, his <laughs> ash. How are you feeling today, Randy? How I'm you doing? doing fantastic, man. Super excited. As always, I think I always say I'm super excited. I'm a easily excitable person. Anyone that has met me would be able to uh, vouch for that. Mm. Um, but uh, but we've got two. We got a cigar and a beer that I'm both um, that are both kind of fond to my heart. And so uh, I'm excited about getting into this. Why don't you uh, clean up your mess here? What do you want me to do? <laughs> you want to grab the broom over there? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? What can I do? We're literally recording a show right That's now. That's true. Yeah, we are actually. Uh, <laughs> how's it yeah, going? Yeah, remember them? <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> All right. So letter L. We'll just jump right in. Yes. Patrick, finally. Yes. Las Calaveras 2018. Correct. From uh, our good friends at Crowned Heads, so this is uh, <clears throat> this is the fifth anniversary. 2018 was of Las Calaveras. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, I don't want to jump uh, ahead and spill the beans. And the beer, Randy, is from uh, our friends up north at Lagunitas. That's right. Uh, the Brown Sugar, Brown sweet sugar. release. That is a pretty sweet release. Uh, it's uh, seasonal beer. It's uh, it is. Let's, yeah, let's talk about it a little bit. Okay, uh, brown sugar comes out once a year, as mm. you so succinctly put. Um, you know what's funny? What cigar does that too? That is so ironic, especially oh. since we started the show saying we weren't going to do limited releases of anything. These aren't limited; they're seasonal. Ah, very different. Ah. Very different. True. True. Limited, limited, limited pro- release, but not limited production. <laughs> or, or vice versa. Seasonal release. Okay. <clears throat> it's not limited in any way. All right. So, well, by time, I mean, let's just move on. So, Lagunitas Brown Sugar is a uh, American barley wine style beer uh, that uh, it comes in at 10% alcohol. Uh, it also has 51 IBUs 
and it has a great backstory, as many of the Lagunitas beers do. Um, it stemmed from uh, an accidental uh, batch of what is their um, old school barley wine. They call it old gnarly wine, and they missed their gravity. They didn't get all the sugar out of the grain that they were supposed to, and so when it came up really low, they scattered around and went and found all the brown sugar that they could in the town of Petaluma, and they used that to get to the sugar level up. Um, what they didn't uh, contemplate, though, is brown sugar is basically fully fermentable, uh, where malt sugar is not, and so it's uh, higher in ABV, it's lighter in body um, than the gnarly wine was. Um, and it has a distinct kind of molasses, uh, rich character, um, from that brown sugar addition. Um, so it is, you know, we, we've talked about this one for years. I've known a lot of people that have had some very, very tough mornings because, uh, <laughs> this beer, uh, like you said, being light in body makes it pretty easy to drink. You don't necessarily notice right away that it's 10%. Uh, so you can kind of knock these back and, uh. And, and, and regret it the next day. So that's uh, that's true. It's you know it doesn't taste. Uh, it's just not. It's not heavy. I mean, there's all the things you just said. It's not super heavy. It's not super sweet either. Brown sugar makes you kind of think that this is going to be mm. pretty sweet beer, right? <clears throat> and the sweetness is not going to be coming from that brown sugar anyway, right? Uh, it's it's fully fermentable, as you said. Exactly. Um, so really, adding all that brown sugar in just kicked up their original gravity, right? That's it, right? Like, right to get to. We know whatever numbers they, they need it to be at. Exactly. Uh, my wife loves this beer. Mm. Absolutely loves it. It's one of her favorites. Um, she always comes home with two six packs of it every time. Like every when every time the she first, sees it. The first no, 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 no. <laughs> the first time she sees it in the store, like she'll be grocery shopping or whatever, and she sees it and boom boom, two six packs. Uh, the six it comes in six packs, bottles, twelve ounce bottles, checks in at about ten bucks, give or take. Sure. Um, and for six uh, 10%? Was it 10% or 11? 10. Uh, six 10% beers. That's actually, that's not too bad. And you're right. It's it's uh, it's very drinkable uh, for a beer that that checks in that high. And it's on the hoppier side. Like you said, 51 uh, IBUs. Yep. Um, but that was one of the first things I said to you when we were kind of doing a little tasting before we got on air was that this is definitely on the hoppier side of things. Yeah. But that's, a si that's part of the style. Yeah. You know, I, I think... Um uh, you know, English barley wine was the original barley wine. Uh, Going to be a lot more full-bodied, more um, malt-focused, darker, reach, richer. Um, where an American barley wine, um, really, it, it there's a lot of examples of American barley wines and American triple IPAs that you mm. would have a hard time really differentiating. Why why do you call these two different styles? Because um, American barley wine can allow for it doesn't have to have uh such heavy uh hop dosings uh lagunitas is known for having really hop forward beers um so even when they make a malt forward beer like a barley wine style uh they still they still ramp up that hop aroma and that hop flavor quite a bit and and uh you know something else you said before we got on the air here um is it's not hoppy like an ipa it's not that citrus you know all about hop uh, character, but it's it's hard to not notice when you're drinking at the same time. Um, so I'm thinking some different hop varietals. You know, there's some citrusy characteristics in there, but um, there's also some floral, almost a little minty uh, characteristic. 
it the the hoppiness brings a nice uh, or the hop flavor I should say brings a nice brightness to it. it and it's uh it's making the pairing very interesting and obviously we'll get into that uh, let's uh, jump into the cigar here <clears throat> pardon me as I said Las Calaveras uh, 2018 from um, Crownheads, uh, John Huber and the boys over in Nashville, Tennessee. This uh, 2008, so it came out in 2014, was the initial release. Right. Uh, I've noticed that this year, and this may have happened in the past, but when this car initially came out, I believe it was only in one Vitola. I um, didn't do quite enough research to know for a uh, fact. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, not to know for a fact, but I'm pretty sure. I mean, I was there. Yeah, you know, I mean this was this was the heyday of uh, cigar chat and uh, and all that stuff, and we had uh, you know John John Huber is one of my favorite people in this industry. I love this guy. Um, we've had some colorful conversations, but uh, yeah. but John and I get along really well. Uh, I like him a lot. Great cigars. This was at the time. <clears throat> this was their first kind of big bold cigar that was blended more towards at the time I like to call the American palate. That was really looking for that uh, big, beefy cigar, Lajero, 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 spice by spice, everything. And when this first came out from uh, from Crown Heads back in 2014, it was a departure from what they had done. They were very flavor forward, medium body with uh, with the um, uh, four kicks and the Headley Grange, uh, and those those cigars, cigars in particular, very flavor forward. Not a, not a ton of strength or spice. Uh, Las Calaveras was. A change for them. I didn't like the cigar when it initially came out, <clears throat> and I remember I think in my review I said, you know, this is. I didn't really like this cigar. It's not really in my wheelhouse, but it's probably going to be one of their most popular because it does speak to that American palate that wants those bigger, bolder flavors. Now again, this is five years ago, so the landscape has changed, but <clears throat> this this cigar now. I mean, this probably checks into kind of like a medium to me, medium strength, medium body across the board, really. Uh, features, uh, and this is the first time they used uh, Mexican San Andreas right. on the Las Calaveras. So, and obviously, it's uh, inspired by a Mexican kind of culture in the Dia de los Muertos mm. kind of fu- vibe. And, and to Las it, right? Calaveras, Randy, as you know, translates into like the skulls, right? Right, yeah. right. Which is a big piece of the whole Dia de los Muertos, which is really more of a celebration of the dead. Then, like, uh, I think it happens right around the same time as Halloween. Um, it's the day after. It's the day after. It is November 1st. Oh, is that when it is? It is, Thanks. yeah. That's uh, my wife's birthday. Oh, is that why yeah. you remember that? Do you well, make an altar for Dana? No, no, no. That'd be weird. <laughs> no, that's creepy. So you do for Dia de los Muertos, though, is you, you oh. build an altar of, like, But it's for people who ones. have passed. Right. Yeah. So doing one for someone who's still here uh, would be... You're right. That would be weird. Weird. <laughs> um, anyway... Uh, what's the uh, the Pixar movie? Oh, Coco. Yeah, that's a, a big, uh, they talk about, it's a lot of, I mean, it's all set in the Dio de los Muertos thing. Correct. That was a really good movie. Pixar movies are great. I know. The, this right, the, hey, this is right in your wheelhouse. I was going to say, those are Disney movies now. You got so way. you got such a big smile on your face <laughs> when I brought that up. So Randy's like, yay. <laughs> but, you can talk Disney. Yeah, but it's also about dead people, so it kind of <clears throat> gets into my wheelhouse, too. Yeah, no, that's yeah. a good point. Is Coco, Coco can be like our our uh, crossover? Yeah, this movie. is it's the one place we can finally meet in the middle. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, I said the blend is uh, Mexican San Andreas. Yeah, it is right. kind of odd that that was the first time 
It took five years to use the San Andreas right. wrapper. Although in those five years, the San Andreas wrapper was really, really tough to get your hands on. Oh, sure. And the prices have uh, skyrocketed, obviously, over the years. Part of the what they said when they, this released, because um, this was the first one I had smoked, uh, they really wanted to get back to, John talked about wanting to get back to the colors of Dia de los Muertos and that whole celebration. Uh, the previous ones were like black with orange and white with orange. Is a black and orange one? There is a black and orange one. Track that down. Yeah, I think it's the 2017. I've got mm. a few of those. I'll, yeah. I'll set you up. Of course you do. Um, <laughs> but, the, you know, this one's the the kind of lime green. Uh, this year, the 2019 is the bright, bright red. Mm. Uh, so colors that are a little bit more um, reminiscent and uh, representative of kind of that Mexican culture. Is this cigar released this time of year? It came out a while ago now, I want to yeah. say. I want to say, like, maybe July. Oh, okay. So it's like an IPCPR thing, probably. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it's it's kind of unfortunate <coughs> how much the timing of IPCPR really dictates. Uh, like, it, it, it dictates everybody's calendar. I mean, I, I've worked on, as 150% of you know, I worked on the other side, uh, on the manufacturing side <laughs> uh, in this industry. And it's it's just amazing how much... This is a topic for another time, I guess, but maybe I could have a soapbox moment. You get them all the time. Go for it. Uh, I love the idea of IPCPR earlier in the year. And I know there's th- there's that February date that floats around, and there's that other trade show that I can't think of what it's called. TPE. TPE, thank you. <coughs> also in Las Vegas, Nevada, where the elite meet to eat. Is that like a tagline? That Las Vegas Nev. No, it's a Las Vegas thing. Oh, okay. Where the elite meet to eat. I don't know. My old roommate used to always say that. Anyway, uh, earlier in the year, it would be just—it just seems like it would be so much easier for everybody. You could spend <coughs> the the early part of your year from a marketing standpoint. You're pushing as the year turns. You're you're uh, you're already pushing your new stuff, but you have that whole other year to build up to build that brand plus build up towards the next thing. I don't know. July just seems like such a crap time to. Especially it's an awful time in Vegas, too. It is. If it's going to stay in Vegas, it's not a fun time to be there Mm. uh, since you can barely be outside. Uh, But it's better than being in New Orleans. Holy crap. You weren't around for the New Orleans year. Uh, And it's been in New Orleans a few times. Oh, good God in heaven. And there was nowhere where you could smoke inside. Anywhere down there. So you're looking for a place outside that wasn't 90 degrees and 96% humidity. It was just yeah, awful. That I think that in that whole trip, I probably smoked like six cigars. In the whole trip. Wow. The IPCPR. Like, get out of here. That's it so was, fun. Yeah, no, it was bad times, man. Bad times. You know, something else, I, you know, this year being the first time I'm, you know, more connected to the industry through Cigar Dojo and everything. Um, with the glut of cigars that come out right in the middle of the year for IPCPR, um, Two things I've noticed this year, there were some really, really good cigars that came out in the springtime, and they you forget about them because of this massive wave of release announcements. An onslaught. An onslaught, exactly. You completely forget about the amazing stuff that came out in March and April, and then, you know, just recently, we were down in Miami, and... Uh, you know, a cigar manufacturer was telling us, oh, yeah, you know, we're about to start shipping this cigar. And we go, well, what what cigar is that? I said, you didn't mention that IPCPR. They said, no, 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 it's, it came out after that. I'm thinking, well, well, no one's going to know about it because you didn't announce it. You know who knows about it? <laughs> Coop. 
<laughs> Coop knows about it. You're and right. If you don't you're know right. about it, you're not following Coop because he, or, or they didn't send out a press release. You're right. you, that's... Oh, oh, touchy <laughs> Coop. I'm sorry, man. That's touchy subject. Yeah. Then press release. He goes, actually, I don't know about it. I didn't know about it either. They didn't send a press release. Coop. Uh, yeah, we have gotten so far off topic. Well, it, I still it, haven't been able to tell everybody the blend. Oh shoot! <laughs> I've said Mexican San Andreas like eight times. Perfect. The rest of the cigar it's is accurate. Nicaraguan. It's Nicaraguan binder filler. Okay. Okay. Now we can keep. We can keep complaining. You know, it, it, it is interesting though. Uh, <laughs> the, the the way IPCPR affects the release calendar mm. of of the cigar year. Now there's there's nothing in the beer industry that really. No type of trade show that compares with IPCPR. There's the Great American Beer Festival, right. but that's more of a consumer. I mean, it's there's two sides of that, yeah? Right, right. And then so, there's all the stuff on the state level here in California, mm-hmm. but there's nothing that's a national kind of uh, scene, is there? There, there is. Um, there, there's uh, a, the Craft Brewers Conference, um, but it's, it's... Like I said, there is a big one in the beer industry, and it's... Randy, why don't you tell everybody about <laughs> it? So, the, But the Craft Brewers Conference... Um, uh, is exactly that. It's a trade show. Uh, it's an internal uh, meeting of the industry. Um, we are not, as an industry, uh, focused on announcing our releases during that period of time by any means. Um, it's it's seminars. It's um, it's updates and stats. It's you know collaborating uh, with the industry. It's a lot of time uh, with our vendors. Uh, you know, looking at. at to buy tanks and to buy ingredients and so it's it's a very internal um thing which is why the whole conversation this year with ipcpr was so interesting for me is um as they're looking at turning the internal um you know trade show into a a consumer facing um yeah as as an industry for beer for craft beer we do two separate events we do the great american beer festival which is all consumer facing and it's our chance to build our brands and, and to reach new consumers. And then we also need to take care of our internal stuff with that uh, CBC. And if you're not in the, if you're not going to that event, if you're not, you know, at a brewery, you wouldn't even know it exists. Like me. I work at a brewery. I actually didn't even know say, it Well, actually, you work for a brewery. When, you when probably should have known. When, when does it happen? <laughs> April. The CBC. Oh, you know, there, there's, there's probably, a, there's probably, no, 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 no. There's a pretty good reason why I wouldn't know about it because, um, <clears throat> I think April was right around when I was kind of started full time. Oh, you we did. Yep. We had just kind of gotten through Beer Week out here in San Francisco, which is the first week in February. Um, so that was really where my, right, where my focus was. Yeah, this will be your first but full year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then. Exactly. And really, with as far as our brewery is concerned, I wouldn't be involved in in uh, in that type of uh, type of meeting anyway. Uh, moving forward, so <clears throat> get back to the cigar. I'm I'm like I said, 150 percent sure that the initial release of Las Calaveras back in 2014 was a was a single Vitola. Actually, I'm not. I'm like 92 percent sure. I'm not positive. I feel like it was a single Vitola. This uh, particular year. Uh, had three different sizes. There is a Corona, right? A five five and five point six by fifty by forty six. Five point six by forty six Corona. There's a five by fifty Robusto, kind of standard Robusto, and a six by fifty four Toro, uh, big guy, which is what we're smoking. 
This is probably, Randy, about as big of a cigar as I want to smoke. Uh, the more the more I've been branching out over the last, what, year and kind of catching up on what I missed in the industry and didn't really get a chance to smoke and, and you know, trying new stuff and everything, I, I don't really get down with anything It's like 52 or above anymore. You know, like a 54, this feels like it's a 58 to me. Like it just feels huge. I'm just not used to smoking cigars in a, in a larger ring gauge. Yeah, no, I think 52 is even the standard Toro, right? Six by 52 is like the standard. Um, if yeah. there is such a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, am I'm, I'm with you. I rarely go above, uh, a 54, um, ever actually. I, it's, there's, I, the bigger the cigar, I tend to get more burn issues. Although smaller cigars, you get more draw issues. I don't know. Like, there's, there's things you can you can weigh on either side. This is kind of a, a random thoughts episode. <laughs> just uh, in case you say, haven't noticed. Did, did we mention that we're actually pairing the liquid with? The so we're pairing the cigar <laughs> and the beer together. So so far, Randy, what are you picking up out of this cigar? Um, so uh, it's been fairly consistent so far. I'll say uh, in. Uh, what I've been tasting the whole time, which is uh, got a bittersweet chocolate going on. I've got a nice spice character. Um, it's got uh, some great cedar wood notes. Um, to your point, it's about medium mm. in, in, in total flavor. It's it's got that dark, uh, you know, San Andreas wrapper comes through. I think um, it's not doesn't have any kind of chocolatey sweetness per se. Like I said, you know, I I. I classify it as like baker's chocolate yeah um but uh very very great construction smoking fantastic um tastes very good i i like the spice i i i, I don't always want heavy spice in my cigars but i do enjoy so uh, you, f- uh, you think this is heavily heavy heavy spice no i wouldn't say heavy spice but um it's right in my a very leading house. question yeah. It's like, you think this is this? No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I don't love heavy, heavy spice. Yeah, yeah. And this is right where I like my spice. It's notable. It's not dominant, though. Yeah, it is It is actually pretty spicy. Spicy with, like you were saying, cinnamon, maybe like a mm. white pepper spice. Nothing uh, too earthy, nothing too over the top right. in the, on the spice side of things. I get most of the spice on the retrohale mm. uh, for myself. Yeah, it, it is actually pretty spicy cigar. It's mm-hmm. got, I mean, spicy in the sense of, like you were saying, cinnamon. Uh, there's probably some other baking spices in there, uh, some white pepper. Nothing too, uh, no, no black pepper, red pepper, nothing like that. Nothing over the top. Nothing too earthy. It's a bit, uh, yeah, more on that cinnamon side. To me, I get a little bit of a creamy, pardon me, uh, creamy cedar kind of undertone there. Definitely some coffee notes in there. Nothing overpowering. The I think the biggest note that I really get is that spice. Is that cinnamon kind of lingers mm. after the uh, after the the exhale. It just kind of lingers on the palate just a little bit, and that combines kind of strangely with the hop forward mm-hmm. uh, flavors that I get from uh, from the brown sugar. So it's. It's balanced. I mean, the cigar is pretty well balanced, I should say. Let's not get into the pairing just yet. The cigar is pretty well balanced. I'm, I am getting uh, more earthy tones, just more like a like a dry earth tone uh, and, and note in there. Nothing over the top, but it is definitely in there. I would. I, I find myself wanting it to take to go one way or the other, mm. to either either become more full strength, full body, and spicy on that side. 
or to get a little bit creamier and a little bit sweeter on that side. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I can totally see that. Yeah, I can totally see that. I mean, but I think it comes back to, you know, you say, as you said, it's balanced. It has um, some components of, of each. Um, I, I totally know what you mean, though. Uh, you know, you feel like it's just a little bit under um, that kind of sweet, rich, uh, earthy kind of a sense that you would get from it <laughs> it's hard it's kind of hard to describe there's nothing <clears throat> sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no but it's fine i was struggling yeah there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing weird about this cigar it's i think it's pretty straightforward with the flavors that we're dealing with it's just i think it kind of teeters right, right. a little bit like I, I get a couple of puffs that become a bit sweeter and then i think okay this is the direction we're going to and then it comes back so in a way it's really keeping me engaged yep. which is a good thing right you don't want your cigar to get to the point where you're not even you don't even realize you're smoking it anymore it's just the same note over and over and over again so that's definitely not the case here now let's jump in to uh to the beer a little bit and Great. talk about some of these notes i talked a little bit about the hoppiness and i've had like i said my wife loves this beer so we have it every year i've had six packs upon six packs of this stuff i don't think i've ever really thought of it as hoppy until now and i don't i've always thought of it as you know bigger bolder sweeter beer but uh this has more much more hops in it much more of a hop note in there than i remember it having i don't know if that just means it's a fresher version or uh or if they've just gotten a little bit uh better utilization from the hops that's oh. fair i mean this beer's only been on the market for a couple of weeks yeah no this is pretty i don't know if we have a release date but it's yeah, probably no, sometime in october yeah no it's it's fresh to market for sure so maybe a couple of months i should say yeah um mm. but i mean we've already kind of gone over it does have a, a, a definite hot uh presence it's obviously malt forward first and foremost so it's got uh, a lot of caramel malt character going on so while not being overly sweet it definitely has a, a distinctive caramel um, character to it and uh i'll just jump right in and say you know so intensity so we'll wise, get into the pairing <coughs> yeah intensity wise yeah it's an intense flavored beer uh 10 percent and caramely as hell um it is intense uh, where we both uh, kind of classified the cigar as medium I don't feel like the cigar is getting run over yeah, I, I, don't think so I, I think that that spicy and those coffee notes that you noted definitely kind of can stand up uh, to the beer and again for a big multi 10% beer it doesn't have nearly as much body as you might yeah. uh, think looking at it and reading the stats on it it's pretty medium medium plus in body um, again going back to that whole dangerously drinkable uh, aspect i think the intensities on these well if i tried them independently might describe them as being different um, they're doing just fine uh, holding up against one another i almost wonder if it's just and i think i've alluded to this before <clears throat> i think we describe body in the cigar a bit differently than we do in the beer or maybe i do i'll speak for myself i don't i think of this as 
medium plus body, maybe full body beer in the mouthfeel and like the heaviness of it. Because mm-hmm. we talk about heaviness. Right, right. In the cigar, I'd say this is medium. And I mean, we really talk about the heaviness of the cigar as well. So I mean, we're talking about the same things. I just, we use, I think we just use a different scale for the two. I think when I, when yeah. someone tells me that this is a full body cigar, I have an expectation of a very heavy, mm-hmm. heavy flavor, heavy strength, heavy cigar. Maybe not heavy strength, but just a heavy, heavy right. cigar. If somebody tells me it's a full-bodied beer, I think my expectation's slightly different. I hear you. I don't know if that makes any sense or not. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, you're going to have, I mean, we use the term viscosity a lot uh, when talking about the beer. Uh, and I think I've, you know, gone to my my go-to on this show, and I've talked about, you know, the heaviest viscosity I can think of is, um, you know, uh, f- whole milk. Mm. Um, we'll, we'll often say it's like pouring motor oil when, you, when you're dealing with, like, a, a heavy, uh, full-bodied imperial stout. So when you're comparing liquid and smoke, th- there's yeah. going to be, uh, you, you know, obviously the beer is heavier. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say this uh, for me, this isn't full bodied. This is medium plus bodied. I'd say it's medium bodied, but again, I think those flavors are kind of cutting through some, some of the body cause they're not the same body. They're not the same intensity. I would say the, the, the beer's definitely more intense than the cigar, um, but it works, but it is working. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of strange. I will say that. In the last few uh, puffs, I've been paying a bit more attention to the beer because I'm not talking as much. You're welcome. Um, I'm getting more chocolatey notes. Like there's a heavy chocolate that's kicked in. And I don't know if that's a product of the beer, but I'm getting it. It's lingering on the palate, and it's very, very pleasant. Yeah. It's uh, very, very enjoyable. This At first, I didn't really like the pairing, but it's growing on me. And there's this this chocolate has been building. There's uh, there's kind of a minerality that I didn't really reference in the cigar that I get on the retrohale, and I don't really know how to how else to explain it. But it's kind of a <clears throat> now I want to say astringent because you have that word in my head, but that's not it. It's just kind of a brightness uh, that's I just like a bright mineral flavor yep. on the retrohale that is, is, is kind of unique, really. I don't get that in a ton of cigars. I know it's, it's a thing, and, and I have experienced it before. I don't get a ton of it. But to me, that was kind of being offset by the, uh, in a bad way by the hoppiness of the beer. Now that's, that's kind of mellowed out, and the, the deeper, richer flavors are coming out. And that's uh, really what I was anticipating in this pairing, and it's starting to get as we're, what, about a half hour into the show here and maybe 40 minutes into the pairing <clears throat> and 40 minutes this was full so i haven't really had too much of the beer so i'm starting to get uh, i'm coming around on it yeah um i'm gonna jump out there because we've already kind of talked about the flavors how they're working together and the intensity and how it works together i'm gonna go thumbs up on the pairing i think this is a very pleasant pairing and we've talked before um We've actually had a string of thumbs down from both of us on the last couple shows, and you know it's something I wanted to actually reference on the uh, you know while we were on the air, and say you know it kind of goes to show that on paper flavors that you would think are going to work r- really well together mm-hmm. or expectations of body and intensity uh, will work together. You never know until you actually you know 
sitting there doing the pairing. And so we've actually tried to have good pairings the last couple times, and it didn't work out exactly how we thought. Uh, this one, I came into it actually expecting the beer to be more sweet and a little bit more overpowering for the beer. I was suspicious of, of, of the pairing. Um, but uh, lo and behold, it's actually working well. I, I give it a thumbs up. One of the <clears throat> other options was a barrel-aged stout from Lagunitas. That is right there, that one. <laughs> and we we decided against it because mm -hmm. just with this particular cigar, I hadn't smoked this before. It's the first time I've had it. But I just had a feeling based on you know some research that I did that that's just going to get blown out. And uh, we would have completely... That beer would have dominated. Big time. Absolutely dominated. I am very pleasantly surprised by this pairing. And the cigar, now that I'm reaching about the midpoint, the richness and fullness of flavor is really, really picking up. And this is something we talked about off air. This cigar for me was really, really light uh, in the first inch, give or take. Right as I lit it up, I asked Randy, you know, what are you tasting? And, and I was getting... Like the same flavors, but like a diluted version, mm -hmm. like a watered down version. And as I'm getting into the, and that's going to happen sometimes. These are handmade products. Sometimes you can smoke too, and you get a, you're going to get overall the same type of experience. But it can you take different winding roads to get there. Right. And I feel like it's really starting to kick in with the flavor now. And I think I'm I'm starting to experience more of what of what you've been experiencing from a flavor standpoint. Really, really starting to dig this cigar. At first, I was, eh, now it's really, really coming around. A ton of flavor has kicked in. And this chocolate just keeps growing for really, me. Yeah. Keep, keeps, it keeps growing. It's becoming more of like a, almost like a dark chocolate now. Mm. To go from that baker's chocolate, it's a bit more bitter than sweet, mm. to a dark chocolate. Also has some bitterness to right, it, right. but, you know, kind of melds well, really well with that coffee note that's in there. Um, I'm just get a note on my phone that Cigar Dojo has tagged us in a photo. <laughs> That's exciting. <laughs> yeah, no, I I, I agree. It, it is uh, the flavor is building. It is becoming richer, um, which to me, um, you know, something else you said is you, you know you mm -hmm. there's some cigars you just kind of go about smoking it. You don't necessarily um, uh, go back and revisit. Am I still tasting what I tasted in the first third or? You know, if you're not doing a review, you're often not thinking about which third you're yeah, in. You're, you're BSing with your buddies at the right, shop, or right? Whatever. I I like a cigar that that you know we talk about transition of flavor that that builds in flavor and kind of draws your eyes back to it. It's like, am I still smoking what I was smoking earlier? Because that's that, that that's striking me a little bit differently than it was. Uh, I think that's a a great quality in a mm. cigar, personally. Yeah. Now I'm I'm a, a f probably about an inch behind you. So I'm I'm catching up as far as flavor is concerned. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go thumbs up on this pairing as well. Cool. I was uh, <clears throat> again skeptical, but the the uh, intensity of flavor, the body of the cigar, really has picked up. So I am uh, I am definitely on board. It's an interesting pairing. This beer in particular, I'm just I, I'm distracted by the hops. You can tell because I, I I I don't ever remember thinking of this beer as hoppy, but it's just funny the way you remember things, but. The, uh, the pairing is really working out for me pretty well. So, yeah, we'll go thumbs up on this one. Great. And I'm glad we were able to do a crowned head cigar. I haven't smoked a lot of their stuff lately. Some of their uh, cigars have been just fantastic. 
I'm really excited about the um, La Colisión, which was another one we thought about doing. Right. Uh, we couldn't get our hands on it. That just released. Yeah. To just started shipping to retailers a few weeks ago. A so, week ago, I think. Yeah, so we haven't really had a chance to uh, to get our hands on that one yet. I think I got the uh, email notification that they have arrived at the retailer. Mm. I I paid for their pre order on, and they said they'd get it out in the next week or so. so. Yeah, I mean it happens, and then you got to let it sit for a week or so to kind of yeah. acclimate. I'm not a write off the truck guy. No, not myself yeah. either. I know some guys will will specifically go out of their way, guys and gals. To smoke one right off the truck just to see the difference. Mm. I used to do that. I. Uh, What's the big difference? It's just you. The cigar is coming to you, and it's not really in. It's not really been in a perfect setting, so you can. It's actually not a bad experiment if you've never done it. So yep. take one, smoke the cigar when you first get it. It's been on the UPS truck or what have you. Uh, if you're getting something from your local B and M, that's different. It's been in their humidor. You trust the shop that you're at to control their humidor and do a good job with that kind of thing. So you know that when you get that cigar, it's ready to go. But something arrives to you from UPS or what have you, it's a little bit different. You don't know that it's been sitting in the truck. It's been hot. It's been cold. It hasn't been humidified. Maybe the manufacturers uh, it has the forethought to put the Boveda pack in there. Maybe they right. don't. Uh, all the retailers I buy from have Boveda packs. All the the retailers do. Yeah. But if the back if the box is sealed from, oh I see from the see. manufacturer yeah. like Skip, I know that's the f- one I think of. I don't know if Crown Heads does or not, but I know that uh, packs are in the yeah they, they, in the they've box, got that so. in there. And I, I know um, with uh, Arturo Fuente does. They I think they were one of the first to do it. They've been doing it for a while. Crown Heads is really uh, I'm not catered to it. Uh, I'm sorry, not Crown Head. Uh, Southern Draw. But they do it as well. Yeah. Yeah, they actually have the uh, Boveda like sticker yeah, seal on the, on the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. and that's that's become uh, like a semi-common practice. I'd love to see all retailers do it. That way, at least you have a, a pretty good idea of what the cigar is is like, even though he's still not in a perfect environment, right? Sure. So you get an idea of when you smoke it, right when you get it, and then give it a week in your humidor, two weeks in your humidor, whatever. Smoke it again and see if that how that changes your smoking experience. Maybe it burns a little bit slower because it's not quite as dry. Maybe some of the flavors are going to be a bit more robust because it's not, again, not quite as dry. That's uh, There's a, a lot that can happen to a cigar in transit. Sometimes it can show up and it's been cut in half. <laughs> I've, I've, well, that happens more t- for retailers when they're importing them into the country. Uh, anyway, uh, anyway, I don't know why I was where I was going with that, but <clears throat> I know a lot of people do that. Uh, for me, yeah, this cigar has really come around. It's been great. I, I really want to... Uh, get back to smoking a bit more of the crown head stuff. I have all the old stuff from, you know, 2012 ish. I think it was 2011, 2010 is probably when they started with the four kicks around that time. I loved that cigar, the mule kick, the original mule kick was pretty amazing. They've uh, been re-releasing that one over the last few years as well. Um, So we've got, as we're coming towards the end of the episode here, smoke night live this Friday, Randy. Yes. How do you feel about it? I am... You're, you're a big fan of the show. I am a big fan of the show. Yeah. I, I try and tune in uh, every week I can. I only miss a, a few here and there when I get busy with work or something. Uh, but, yeah, it's always fun to see um, Eric and, and the guys are going to be on the road. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to be down in, I believe, Tampa, Florida, is where the Davidoff headquarters is. Mm. Uh, so they're going to be down at Davidoff headquarters, and they'll be doing a reveal of a new um, of a new AVO... 
yeah, the release. New, the new Avo cigar. The uh, uh, according to what I'm looking at here, it's called the Unexpected Blends, mm. and they're going to be uh, revealing that live. Yeah. So the live on the dojo. That's like the breaking world news. world premiere on the dojo. <laughs> so yeah, no, that'll, that'll be great. It's always again. It's always fun when they're on on remote you, on assignment. Yeah, you never know what's gonna happen. Who's gonna like pop into the frame and uh, maybe grab the mic from Eric and just uh, take over the show entirely. There's some shenanigans <laughs> will unfold uh, undoubtedly. That's uh, and the uh, the Davidoff guys they they know how to put on a good, sh- a good oh, show. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Hopefully they do. Uh, I'm a big fan. If, have you seen the classes uh, classes in session? Mm-mm. When they have Klaus Kellner on, they have a, oh they, yeah 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 yes, yes, yes. classes classes in session. Yeah, and, uh, they just let him geek out and ask him as many uh, just tobacco geeky questions as can be. Mm. And, and that guy, I, I was shocked the other day. I saw on. Uh, Social media. He had his 29th birthday. Yeah, he's super um, young. He's much younger than than you would think. When when you know he's putting on a, a lecture or dissertation on tobacco, <laughs> you forget that he's a young man. Yeah. Um. But uh, obviously, came up in it. His father's world renowned for uh, his knowledge and blending ability. So um. So I'm sure it's going to be a fantastic show. It's kind of like Tony Stark. What think about? Like, <laughs> Like Tony Stark was like uh, this yeah, brilliant yeah. like like guy like with machines and all that gears and gadgets and such and his dad was you know big deal too so you kind of grow up into it it's it's in your blood it's just like a fictional story from the the I just said that Klaus is like a superhero <laughs> that's about the best compliment you can get you get it. you're right you're right dude Iron Man's awesome. All right. Whatever. It's <laughs> it's Disney. You should be able to watch it. You're a hundred percent right. I, I recommend everybody sign up for Disney Plus. <laughs> do you, do you have the Disney Plus? No, but I've invested pretty deeply into their stock. <laughs> <laughs> it has been going up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the The Mandalorian is, is a fun show. You wouldn't get any of it. Like it wouldn't really resonate with you at all. I keep hearing that word. I don't even know what a Mandalorian is yet. Exactly. That's why it wouldn't. This guy. You don't care about Baby Yoda. I was going to say, is this where the Baby Yoda comes from? It's where the Baby Yoda comes from. (laughs) And yes, I know it's not Baby Yoda because, you know, Yoda's dead. I I wanted to go with more of a reincarnated Yoda. That's what I'm guessing, But at the same time, the timing doesn't really work. Like, Yoda didn't die 50 years before this happened in the Star Wars canon of uh, timeline there. So, who knows? Who knows? But he's freaking adorable. I'm ready to sign off whenever you are, pal. Yeah, I, I, we can keep talking about this. Yeah, so appreciate you guys tuning in. You're a dick. That's that's another. That's that's the second bit. Like I have to call you a dick once every episode. We can say that on Facebook because your middle name's Richard, right? It's not actually Randy Richard Griggs. That doesn't work at all. It doesn't. Anyway, all right, fine. We can sign off. All right, thanks guys for tuning into another episode. Really appreciate your support. We will catch you next Wednesday, right? That's when we're on, 6 p.m. Eastern, as the Odyssey continues.